Hello, everybody. I'm Max Pennell, and I'm joined by my co-host. I'm Dave Spoving. And this is the first episode of Regarding Rocky Top, which will be a twice-a-week Tennessee sports podcast. We're two students here, just big fans of Tennessee, and want to you know kind of give a student perspective on everything, just talk Tennessee athletics. We'll be covering basketball mostly in the present, as their season's you know right in the thick of it, push for March. And, you know, obviously great things going on with the men's basketball team. And we'll also dip our toes into the water with the women's basketball team as well from time to time. And then baseball season opening day today for Tony Vitello's crew. Once their season starts to get more in full swing, we'll obviously cover them as well as recruiting, football, you name it. Anything big happening in Tennessee athletics, we'll be talking about it. Um, Like I said, twice a week you can find us on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify and without further ado, Davis, let's get right into the big moment this this week. Wednesday night, Tennessee Volunteers took down number one Alabama, the newly number one, and that probably won't last now. The Volunteers beat them 68-59 to at home at TBA, down two starters in Josiah James and Julian Phillips, but the Volunteers' defense showed up, holding Alabama to 59 points, their lowest point total of the season, as well as forcing double-digit turnovers, and really, you know, for the most part, Tennessee controlled that game. They played it at their style, their pace. What were your takeaways from that victory? Well, I think it shows that Tennessee can still win games just based off of defense. Uh, Bama's only been held under 73 times this season, and the Vols were able to hold them to under 60. And I just think that that shows that defense is still here and it can win ball games. Yeah, obviously Rick Barnes' staple, especially with this team, you know, the number one ranked defensive team nationally. Everyone likes to boast that anytime you turn on a Tennessee basketball game, that's usually what they're talking about. And people have had their qualms with that. You know, 68 points a lot of times for most teams isn't enough to win a game, especially against a number one team. But Tennessee's defense is just that good. And they they showed that on Wednesday. And, you know, they were favored. Not a lot of people understood why Tennessee was favored, but they were able – you know, to display that defense and, you know, got enough scoring. The thing with Tennessee, I think, that is so crucial to them if they want to go the places that people think they can go and the expectations are Elite Eight, Final Four type season for the Volunteers. I mean, just two weeks ago, they're ranked number two in the country. Obviously hit that skid with those back-to-back buzzer-beating losses. But, you know, Ziegler and Vescovi are obviously the two main guards, and those are the guys who do most of the scoring for the team. I mean, they're the two leading scorers. I feel like when this team is at its best, there's a third player that's get you know double-digit points. We've seen an Olivier Kamo on a couple games, the Texas game, and I think maybe the Mississippi State game back early in conference play. I know at the start of conference play, he was on fire. You know, I feel like when they can get a third legitimate scoring option night in, night out, that just makes this team that much better because when you're so reliant on Vescovi and Ziegler really just to shoot threes, I mean, those guys aren't great at getting to the basket. I feel like when you have a third scoring threat, especially a big man, we saw what happened with that Wednesday night. And Jonas Adu, I mean, 12 points, 11 rebounds. you think he could become that third option? Uh, I think he could eventually. Um, I was surprised he had a great shooting night. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I wouldn't expect Jonas to be that third guy uh, night in and night out, but certainly, you know, 12 and 11, a double-double. He stepped up big for the Vols, and we'll see if he can carry that into the weekend. Especially, you know, like I mentioned, without Phillips and James, two starters, and especially Josiah, I mean, it's been a weird year for him with injuries and everything, but it seems like, you know, when he's at his best, 
he might be the top scoring option on this roster, but we just haven't seen that enough consistently this year. And, you know, at this point, I think you just kind of have to move forward with the expectation to not count on that. And hopefully, you know, it's a good sign of things for things to come for Jonas Adu with that, like you said, 12 points, 11 rebounds, three blocks, an anchor defensively. And another unsung here in that game, Jemai Meshack. You really rarely talk about a guy that doesn't score a point being one of the important players in a game. I mean, he played 27 minutes, zero points for Meshack, but might have been the most important player in that game for what he did on Brandon Miller. Undoubtedly the best zero-point performance I've ever seen watching basketball. Uh, Jemai was locked down all night, forced him to take tough threes. They hit a few, but it was just enough to get the job done. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of player that thrives in Rick Barnes' system, it seems like, too. I mean, Meshack, and the great thing that you've seen from him this year, especially Wednesday, is knowing his role. You know, he knows, all right, I don't really have to do much on the offensive end if we want to win. Probably the less I do on the offensive end, the better, because at this stage in his career, he's not much of a scoring threat at all. But just plays lockdown defense, held Brandon Miller to 15 points, who's most likely going to be a first-team All-American and freshman of the year nationally, top five pick in the upcoming NBA draft. And he was pretty much non-existent in the second half. Um what do you think this win does for this team moving forward? Like I said, 0-2 two two the week before against Missouri and Vanderbilt, two middle-of-the-pack SEC foes. How does this team take this game and not do what happened with the Texas game where they had a big win at home and then kind of hit a skid? How do they actually build on this and keep things rolling moving forward as we're getting down the stretch here? Well, I think we saw flashes of that defense that we saw from November and December. Uh, if they can keep that up and just make enough – shots on offense I think that's one of the bigger things for this team just making open shots because you saw Wednesday night we had open shots often it's just a matter of as Barnes said at halftime just knocking them down enough if you can get in the mid 60s low 70s with this team you have a good chance to win the game no matter what yeah what do you think is that you know lucky number for Tennessee with their defense if they score this amount of points you know they should feel good about their chances to win that game. I'd say it varies, but if the Vols can get to 67, high 60s, anywhere in that territory, I'm feeling pretty good about pretty good about our chances. Um, you saw obviously the exception last week against Missouri, but you know those games are going to happen. Mizzou shot 54%, I believe it was from three, and so those games are always going to be tough to win, but. I would put the the number for the balls around the high 60s. Yeah, I generally agree too. High 60s, low 70s. If they can, you know, I think really if they could score 75 a night from here on out in March, et cetera, they're going to be a very tough team to beat. I mean, that might be a tall task, especially, you know, you don't know the status of James and Phillips, et cetera, but I feel like 75 really, you know, if Tennessee's scoring 75 nightly, they're probably a top five team in America, in absolutely. my opinion. Absolutely. With the defense they play. And like you said, there's going to be lapses defensively, and that's kind of what has been a worry with Rick Barnes. His whole tenure here is, you know, it's hard to win six games in a row in the NCAA tournament, or even four, just to get to a final four, you know, where you are you're basically need exceptional defense night in, night out, because your offense isn't going to be able to win a shootout like we saw with Mizzou. Um, so that was the Alabama game, like... We said took down the number one tied huge win for the Vols. They now stand at twenty and six, and nine and four in conference play. A conference regular season title is pretty much 
all but out of the window with those two losses they acquired the week before. But still a big game coming tomorrow against the Kentucky Wildcats, the unranked Wildcats, which is weird to say. And Kentucky's in a weird spot. I mean, they're fighting for their tournament lives. You know, right now they come into this game pretty much squarely on the bubble. And this would be the kind of win to really boost their resume, a sweep of the Volunteers as they came to TBA on January 14th and took down the Vols 63-56. What does Tennessee have to do to not get swept this year? I think the Vols just need to knock down open threes. I think that's a huge part of winning ball games at this point with this team. If you get in, you're going to get the looks. We've seen them get the looks. If you can shoot maybe 30, 35% from three point, knock down those shots and bring out the the def- the same type of defense we saw against Bama who forced 19 turnovers, just pressure in your face defense and knock down enough shots from the perimeter. I think it's enough to get the job done. Yeah, I mean you I was looking at the stats from that loss to Kentucky back in January. Tennessee shot 14% from three. That's exactly what we're talking about. I mean, they scored 50. They held Kentucky to 63, which I think if you polled all Division I coaches in America and said, hey, your defense is going to hold someone to 63, they would take that every time and twice on Sunday. Absolutely. Um, So when you shoot 14% from three, you know, it doesn't matter how many points you hold them to, I guess, unless that Auburn game, um, you're probably not in a good spot. So like you're saying, I think to win the rematch – you got to shoot at least, like you're saying, 30 35%. 14 is not going to cut it, especially on the road. And I also took away from that game, Kentucky out-rebounded the Vols 43-23. to Obviously, Oscar Shibway is, you know, probably the best center in the conference, and you can't expect Tennessee to completely negate him, but they got to find a way to tighten that margin because, you know, if Kentucky's going to get second-chance opportunities after a miss or – Tennessee doesn't get any whatsoever. That's really going to flip the script in the Wildcats' favor. So I think in this matchup, you need shoot better than 14% from three, which hopefully shouldn't be hard to do, and then just tighten that rebound margin. Tennessee doesn't have to win the rebounding battle, but just tighten that margin to single digits maybe. Um, I think we're going to see another physical game as well. The Alabama game was very physical. The refs were kind of letting it go, which was good to see. Yes. And Kentucky likes to be physical, especially Shebway down low. If Tennessee can match their physicality, I think, you know, as a unit, they're probably better than the Wildcats despite that loss back in January. Um, it'll be an interesting one to see. I don't think Josiah James is going to play. We'll have to see about Julian Phillips. His status is kind of up in the air. Rick Barnes hasn't provided a ton of information on that. But another thing, Tennessee 0-2 on the road in their last two SEC road games. Obviously, Rupp Arena is a tough place to play. Do you see their road – troubles the last couple weeks as a trend or more just kind of a result of you know playing poorly regardless of venue i wouldn't call it a trend as more of a just a rough patch of games in general as you saw uh, losing in tba against missouri i think that kind of shows that it's not just road games more of a team problem but i think this comes down to more of tennessee versus kentucky uh tennessee has won at least one regular season game against kentucky every year in the rick barnes era uh, so hopefully that doesn't change Saturday. But I think it, when it comes down to this game, it's it's less about how the team's doing and more about Tennessee, Kentucky. Can you go on the road and get the job done? And I believe if the, the whistles, if they swallow the whistle a little bit, let them play physical, then I, I like our chances. All right, so let's just get right to it, the prediction. Me and Davis will both give our predictions on the game Saturday, 1 o'clock on CBS, Tennessee at Kentucky. 
in a big battle. I mean, Tennessee, we just talked about their big win over number one, but their issue, especially in conference play this year, has been stringing together enough wins in a row. You know, kind of like they play well, then they follow with a clunker or two. Yep. We saw that with the Vandy and the Missouri game, the Florida game after beating Texas. So this was, you know, this is a tough test. Like we said, this is a, probably on paper a bigger game for Kentucky than it is for Tennessee. Absolutely. Despite it being a rivalry, Kentucky absolutely needs this one if they want to, you know, really cement their at-large candidacy so they're right there on the bubble. So it's a tough place to play. Big states for Kentucky. Davis, give me your prediction. I've got the Vols pulling it out 71-65 over Kentucky on the road. 71 points. Well, I'd, I'd take that in a heartbeat. I'm a little more modest on the point total. I got 67-62 Tennessee. I think they'll do better on the glass. I don't think they can really shoot much worse than they did in the first meeting. No. And like you mentioned, Rick Barnes has never been swept by Kentucky at six, spanning the last six seasons. I think that you know he'll find a way to beat them at least once. Hopefully Julian Phillips can play. I mean, I think that just adds another dimension. Obviously, we saw Meshach step up in his absence, but Julian Phillips is one of those guys. You can put him on a four or three, a two or a one defensively, and he'll do a pretty good job. Um, be interesting to see. Obviously, Tennessee would love this one. You know, if they can win both games this week, they'll probably be back into what top six, top seven. I would say they'd have to be. Um, that would be two huge wins for the balls in a. When we need to build a resume currently, so. Yep, and one thing to watch out for tomorrow at right before the Tennessee game, the March Madness Committee, the tournament committee, will release their top 16 seeds about a month out from the tournament, which will be interesting to see if Tennessee's on that two or three line, and we'll kind of say, you know, how much leeway they have or what they need to do to ascend seed lines, because if they're two after that Alabama game, they're in a pretty good spot with the schedule, you know, to if they just win the games they should, maybe lose a game here or there to not really drop too much. But if they're on the three line, there's a little more – the floor's a little lower for Absolutely. them. Absolutely. You know, if they lose a game like to Kentucky or Arkansas, et cetera. So I think that'll do it for episode one. This was regarding Rocky Top. I'm Max. I'm Davis. I hope you enjoyed this first episode. We'll have another one next week, early in the week, recapping the Kentucky game and maybe talking about the baseball team opening weekend, et cetera. But thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.